When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. I know that you went, but I don't know how you got there. I know that you went, but I don't know how you got there. Silver tongue heel, where you talk of what I played down. I would speak up, but I wouldn't know what to say. And welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Travis. Got my brother Quentin here. Today we are talking about Kevin Parker, mostly known as Tame Impala. Q, do you remember the first time you heard Tame Impala? Because I sure do. I know exactly where I was. I wonder if we were at the same place, dude. Uh, Likely not. Okay. So first time I heard Tame Impala was... So this is a callback to our music blog, New Dust. Okay. And we had the one like successful house show where, you know, it was a New Dust Presents uh, with a local band from Austin and a band from Oklahoma... They came down and, and played a show at a house in Denton, Texas, which is anyone that is local to that area knows that that's like a party town because it's, it's a college town. And Josh, our buddy Josh, who was the third member of our, our New Dust crew, was playing Tame Impala just in the speakers, like kind of in between sets. You know what I mean? And I had never heard of him, and I thought for sure this was music from the 60s. Do you remember what song it was? I know it was from Inner Speaker, but I don't remember what song it was. Um, but yeah, dude. So that would have been like 2009, maybe 2010. So we talked about Tycho on one of our early episodes, right? I don't know if we mentioned his graphic design blog that he has called ISO 50. 
so he does you know you know Tycho's a musician right so he also talks about music quite a bit on this blog that he does and he put out a um, you know best of 2012 or something like that best of 2010 like he does these year-end reviews kind of like what we used to do back in the day and it must have been his top albums of 2010 uh, article because he put inner speaker on there and he had a clip for lucidity which is the song that played us in so that's the first time i heard it and i you know i knew it was new you know because it was a new record but yeah i mean you have that instant uh you know call back to to psychedelic rock you know that the team impala that sound that he has you know but i think the thing that stood out to me the most and we could talk about this later but it's his voice you know because he sings with almost like a like a John Lennon sound, you know, to his voice. And I think that's oh, yeah. cool. Dude, I was going to bring that up. I was going to bring that up for sure. Yeah, that's the first thing I thought, like when I got into Tame Impala. If John Lennon were around today, Tame Impala would be his band, I feel like. That's how I've always described it. Like, it's just that, that's, it's like that, hel- it's that Helter Skelter, yeah, yeah. Uh, Beatles sound. Sure. You know, right. with, with John Lennon as the front man. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, maybe on this record, definitely. But, you know, obviously with Currents and some of this, the new tracks he's put out, like his sound is definitely evolving. You know, it's becoming a little bit more electronic. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but you and know. it's his and it's his baby, you know. Yeah, and we'll talk about that because the, the history is is kind of interesting. So cool. let's just talk about the man himself, Mr. Kevin Parker. Um, you know, I'm sure a lot of us when we first heard Tame Impala assumed that it was a band, right? Because it's it sounds like music that a band would make, you know. But for the most part, it is Kevin Parker alone in the studio writing these songs, um, you know, pretty much doing everything on the records. I mean, he has, for this first record in particular, he brought in um, a drummer and uh, another guy that did, you know, the bass guitar on, on just a few tracks, not like every track, but um, for the most part, it is all Kevin Parker. I absolutely thought that this was a collective effort kind of band. I mean, in a way, it, it, it in a way it is, in the sense that he's always toured with a a band, so so we you know live performances it's always going to be, you know, four guys, you know, right, and Kevin. So, but is is that are the other members rotating out? Yeah. So, so Kevin Parker is from Australia, and he uh, kind of made his rounds in this this well-known music scene from Perth, which is the capital of the state of Western Australia. And apparently it's got this, this kind of bustling music scene. Um, and one of the reasons, or at least this is what they say, one of the reasons that this music scene has kind of built up over time is because not a lot of bands, when they tour, will go to Perth because it's kind of in this isolated area. So bands from the area have, have kind of, you know, it's sort of fostered this musical environment because you're not going to get a lot of big name bands to come by. And so if people want to see a show, they're going to go 
see a local show, you know, at a small, a small venue. And so like, it's given these, you know, gives these bands kind of a, a way to, um, to get name recognition and stuff, because there's not a lot of competition from touring bands and stuff. Yeah. That's really cool. But anyway, there's this collective of musicians and Kevin is one of those uh, musicians. And so they've kind of, they, you know, it's one of those things where like, there's a bunch of bands that they kind of rotate in and out of, um, Kevin Parker has played drums for this band called Pond that came out of there. That's one of the more more well known, certainly not as well known as Tame Impala, but I, I've definitely heard of Pond. Have you really? Yeah. Well, they're psychedelic, so you would. Uh huh. Yeah. So anyway, um, before there was Tame Impala, there was this band called the DD Dumbs, and that was that was Kevin Parker's um, kind of first band that he was in and uh, I really hope that we're going to play some DD Dumbs we are going to play some DD Dumbs because you can definitely hear sort of it, it was a different sound but like you can hear hear a little bit of, of what becomes Tame Impala right but anyway so um, DD Dumbs was Kevin Parker this, this guy named Dominic Simper who was on bass and another fellow by the name of Luke Epstein, which was on drums. And so Dominic Simper and Parker go way back. They met when they were 13. And um, interestingly enough, Parker and Dom started off playing covers of Rage Against the Machine and Korn songs. I want to hear that. Yeah, I don't know where that is or if there is any evidence of that. But anyway, so... Kevin Parker is around our age. He was born in 86. And so he would have been the age when he picked up his first guitar to play a corn and a Rage Against the Machine cover because that's what was the big, oh, yeah. big bands back then. But anyway, yeah. that's that's fascinating to me, right? But, you know, if you're going to learn to play guitar, Rage Against the Machine and corn are, are going to get your, your chops up pretty quickly, you know? Yeah. So in his later teens, uh, that is when he discovered 60s and 70s psychedelic rock. And particularly Cream and Jefferson Airplane were big influences on him. So he said he loved the way that the recordings sounded from back then. So obviously that's a, that, that plays into his sound, you know. Oh, yeah. So anyway, in 2005, they form him and Dom, his friend from age 13, form the DD Dumbs, and they have Luke Epstein on drums, like I mentioned. So... What you're gonna hear, we're gonna we're gonna play a song. Um, more so than anything, I think you're gonna hear more. You know, like I said, Cream was an influence on him. You're gonna hear the more sort of like bluesy, heavier kind of psychedelic sound, right? Um, and what's interesting is his voice was more. Everybody remembers Wolf Mother, right? And they they uh, you know they put out their their really well-known self-titled album in like 2006 or something like that. So this is around the same time. And Wolf Mother is also from Australia. You're going to hear sort of, I feel like Kevin Parker is doing sort of the same kind of uh, vocal work that like the guy from Wolf Mother did. Um, the more almost like Ozzy, but not really, but you'll see, you know what I'm saying? It's definitely, it, it, he didn't, he didn't do the linen kind of sound uh, early on. Okay, 
This song is called The Serpentine, and this was Kevin Parker's first band, the Dee Dee Dumbs. You said that you would never Cross your heart Dude, I fucking love it, man. You like that? I yeah, I really like that. Um, yeah, I mean, you can you can definitely hear the early sixties, like the sixties seventies, like psych rock sound, right? But it doesn't sound yeah. like Tim Impala. You know what I mean? No, not at all. So you know, the sound did start to change. So there's the Dee Dee Dumbs, right? A lot of people phrase it as, oh, you know, Dee Dee Dumbs became Tim Impala. And I think most of the, most people say that because Dominic Simper, who was the bass player for Dee Dee Dumbs, shows up on Inner Speaker and was sort of like one of the key players that he brought in to the project early on, right? But from what I can tell, Tame Impala was just a side project that Kevin Parker did in his home studio. Because like I said, he wrote all the songs, you know. he Not only did he write them, he also recorded most of the early uh, stuff from Tame Impala, including most of the stuff that ends up on Inner Speaker. Like, that's that's just him. But I think a lot of people try to phrase it as, like, Dee Dee Dumbs morphed into Tame Impala. And I don't think it's really that. It, I feel like it's more parts and pieces of, of Dee Dee Dumbs are involved in Tame Impala, but more so, you know, as, like, the live band or in the studio for a few tracks here and there. What what I can gather is, you, you know, you listen to you, if you're diving into Tame Impala for the first time, you're likely to assume that it's a collective effort. Dee Dee Dumbs is a collective effort. Tame Impala is all Kevin Parker. Yeah, that's more accurate. As far as the the music itself, it's all Kevin Parker. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if I'm right here, but I'm I'm almost positive that Currents his latest full length is also a, an album that Kevin Parker did all himself. Everything that you hear on Currents is him recorded himself. All of that was him. Yeah, you're right. Currents is, is 100% Kevin Parker. And uh, now let's see about Lonerism. Cause like I said, with, with inner speaker, um, which by the way is the album we're talking about today. I don't think we even mentioned that. <laughs> we do. We I fucking, we do that because you know what? Guess what? The name of the album that we're covering is in the fucking title. That's true. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're bad. We're bad about yeah. that. Yeah, well, like I that. said, on you know, there's a there's a small handful of tracks on Inner Speaker that features, you know, a bass player or a drummer or an additional guitar in the studio. 
but the rest of it is Kevin Parker. On lonerism, kind of the same thing, Jay Watson, who was actually the drummer on Interspeaker, uh, played a couple of... Um, he, he, he did keys on a couple of tracks, and some other guy did spoken word on track 11. But for the most part, it's Kevin Parker. So again, you know, up until Currents, you know, you have a few other instruments, or a few other musicians here and there. But when you get to Currents, which was, you know, the album where he exploded in popularity, that was purely Kevin Parker. And that's, that's basically what Tame Impala is. It's Kevin Parker's side project. So here's a quote from from Kevin. He says, Tame Impala has always been a solo project. It has two halves. One half is the recording side, which is very calculated and pieced together. And the other side is the live side where we take what's been recorded and turn them into live songs. And that's kind of how he treats it. Like, and that's dude, let's talk about like best case scenario. Like, yeah, you know how fun it must be for a singer songwriter who, who, you know, puts all of this time and effort into an album, just doing it all himself. And then he gets to tour the world with these like super expert musicians to like bring his music to life. And well, like, that's the thing. It's not even, you know, that's almost sounds like the way that like Steely Dan has always approached their albums, not, not their live stuff, right. but their albums where it's like, it's just Donald Fagan and, um, What's his name? <laughs> I'm blanking on it too, man. All right, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> so like with Steely Dan, it's 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 Donald Fagan and Walter Becker. And then they bring in these like studio, world-class studio musicians into the studio. Yeah. yeah. It's the opposite with him and Paula with, with Kevin. It's Kevin in the studio and then he brings in other people on the road with him. But it's not really to say that they're expert musicians – because what's cool about it is it's his fellow, you know, Australian buds from Perth, you know. It's his fellow Aussies. All right. So here's one more quote here. And then I got a clip, interview clip, and then we'll play our first track from Inner Speaker. So um, one of the live bass players that has played with, with Tame Impala in the past, his name is Nick Albrook, and he has a quote here. He says, there were a couple of months where there was a seismic shift in Kevin's thing from the cream-influenced D.D. Dumbs era, and fairly quickly, there was the blissed-out, pretty-melody, psychedelic thing. And then there was a name change to Tame Impala, and then a new drummer, Jay Watson, whose style was more elegant than the last drummer. So, again, it's kind of being phrased as like, there was D.D. Dumbs, and then he changed the name to Tame Impala. But anyway, you know, all you need to know is Tame Impala is Kevin Parker. And, you know, these other players on the sidelines are just kind of there to take these songs and, you know, sort of reimagine them for the stage. Which is cool, you know, because it really is. You get to kind of reinvent the song in a way, you know. Or at least I'm sure that's how Kevin Parker thinks of it as, you know. Oh, yeah. Because he's just in the studio by himself working on these on this record, you know. And then he's able to kind of breathe new life into them when he gets on stage. Yeah, and if you bring in you bring in other musicians on any level, you know you can kind of play with with the melodies and 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 play with the riffs and stuff. And, and if you're on the same page, you can have fun with it. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, I've got an interview clip um, here where uh, Kevin is talking about 
kind of why he decided to come up with a name for the, for the band instead of just going by Kevin Parker. You know, why did he decide to, to name this project? My name isn't interesting enough. It's Kevin Parker. But, you know, there are people around in the world called, you know, names like Leonardo DiCaprio and Julian Casablancas and Sergio Pizzorno. <laughs> people have such more interesting names than me. And because I'm like, you know, I can't deal with, um, uh, I get too kind of self-conscious with like my name being on it. So I just called a band. And I also thought that there would be no point in, in like in Perth, in the music scene in Perth is quite sort of band orientated, you know, unless you're like a band with these guys, four guys, then no one's really gonna pay attention to you. So I thought that I had to make a band to get anywhere. So I love how he name drops Julian Casablancas. Yeah. As yeah. like, you know, what an interesting name. And my name is Kevin Parker and it's so boring, you know. So anyway, um, I thought that was interesting how he talks about in this music scene, he even talked about Perth. Um, you know, I'm sure he never imagined that he would be playing Coachella in, in 2019, right, when he started this project. So he's like, you know, hey, I'm in this music scene, the Perth music scene, and it's band oriented, like he said. So I'm just going to come up with a name for it so that, you know, people don't ignore me. So I thought that's kind of, that's kind of interesting. So anyway, uh, he starts the solo project. He calls it Tame Impala. He records, you know, some home, home recordings that turn into an EP. And then, you know, they do some, they start to get recognition in the, in the Perth music scene. Uh, and in 2008, they are signed to Modular Records, which was the same record label that Wolfmother was on. And they released their first EP. One of the songs on the first EP shows up on inner speaker, Desire Be, Desire Go. And that's going to be our first track uh, from inner speaker. So here we go. Oh, oh, oh. 
So, dude, this is, I feel like this is just the perfect intro song into Tame Impala. And, like, I don't I don't know what it is about it. I don't know if it's, like, I, I don't know, I don't know any people that aren't in our generation that know about and love Tame Impala. Are you saying that you don't? You don't know anybody don't know. personally who who are, who are old who are in a, ge- a generation that what what is it the baby uh, boomers generation no generation X is in between oh. us and baby boomers yeah so uh, <laughs> we were we were looking to hire someone to mow our lawn this summer because okay we didn't want to I, I didn't want to fucking keep doing it lottie down dude I I hopped <laughs> I hopped onto Craigslist and found a guy he looked like he was in his mid forties. Uh, and he, he, well, he flaked on us, dude. He came to, he came up to my house and was like, yeah, dude, I'll mow your lawn, but I'll give it a couple more houses to do before yours. And then I'll come back and I'll mow your lawn. And he never fucking showed up. I think. <laughs> I'm trying to see where, how, how you're going to tie this to Tame Impala. Okay. Okay. Here's how I'm tying it back. So I was listening to Tame Impala pretty loudly, uh, in, in, in my house when he rang my doorbell. And he, I opened the door and he was like, hey, man, was that Queens of the Stone Age you were listening to? Oh, man. And I was like, mm, no, you're you're pretty far off, dude. That was Tame Impala. And he's like, oh, never heard of them. And I was like, dude. I mean, that's, that, that is interesting to me because like I just said, I mean, Tame Impala is now like, he's a staple for music festivals, right? But he played Coachella and like for the first time, I, I think it was the first time. I might be wrong on this, but you could watch you could watch Coachella from YouTube on your couch. Yeah, so I, watched, I think that's a thing that's been happening for a while, for a few yeah, years. Yeah, that's now. probably right. But anyway, you know, I I was able. To, so I'm just saying, like, it's not like he's obscure. Like he's very well known. You know. Yeah, and here's the thing: like, I know people that are in their early 20s, and I know people that are in their mid 30s. You know, that love Kevin Parker and Tame Impala. Yeah, but. Here's a guy that shows up at my door, and and I'm just I'm just basing it on his looks. You're saying he looked like he uh, should know who Tame Impala he, is? He, no, no, no. Well, yeah. Well, like I mean, he, dude, he knows who Queens of the Stone Age is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sure. Like obviously, he's a fan of music, and so based on appearance, he looked like he was in his 40s, you know, mid 40s, uh, hippie looking guy, right? And he didn't know who Tame Impala was. Like, oh, I've never heard of them. And I said, dude, if you like Queens of the Stone Age, you're going to love Tame Impala. And I told him to check out, uh, I think I told him to check out Lonerism. Anyways, he fucking flaked on us. He never fucking showed up or called us again. I texted That's him That's probably because he's been in his basement listening to this record nonstop. <laughs> maybe, maybe Tame Impala just blew his mind wide open and he just couldn't leave. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> His parents' basement. <laughs> That's probably what it was. <laughs> if you're mowing lawns in your 40s, you're probably living at home with your parents. Are you? Are you? Are you coming at it from like they sound like a band from the 60s and 70s? Therefore, people from that generation should know who they are. Kevin Parker's sound is just like the perfect blend. It's the. Of, it's a good bridge between. It's it's fucking perfect, dude. Yeah. Like if if you grew up in the seventies and eighties, right? Like grow, growing up teenager through your twenties, and it was seventy, you know, the seventies and eighties. Like 
you know, you had parents that were listening to Cream and the Beatles and, well, sure. shit, our parents listened to that. But, you know, like, like I'm just, uh, it, it shocked me. And this is just, you know, the perfect example of like an anecdotal doesn't mean anything kind of story. Because there's just one dude that I met. But, you know, the fact that he, you know, I opened the door and he was like, oh, are you listening to Queens of the Stone Age? I don't know. I just assumed that someone who is who knows Queens of the Stone Age is a, a music fan. Sure. And I was just shocked that he didn't know who Tame Impala was. Because, like, this is just, I mean, I, he just fucking hits every single note. Like, it's it's just the perfect sound for people that are searching for this this kind of music. I don't know. Yeah, I hear you. So, you know, like you just said, that sound, like the sound that you're talking about, it's psychedelic, right? Yeah, and it, it dude, it just it just feels and sounds like it's from the 60s or 70s. In all the right ways, dude. There's nothing gimmicky about it. And we've, dude, and we've talked about that so many times with other bands and like some of our um, What You Heard segments, you know, when I was in that huge psychedelic rock kick. Right. Where it's like bands that are, they're just trying a little bit too hard uh, to to sound like, like to have that sound where it's it's gimmicky and forced. Right. Like Kevin Parker just has found a way to just, just fucking dive right into it. And do it in a way that's that's new, you know, yeah, different. Right. I feel like with Tame Impala, like the psychedelic rock had sort of a resurgence, you know, um, back in the back in the mid two thousands, you know, early twenty tens, and Tame Impala was part of that resurgence. But I feel like Tame Impala is like uh, the most, um, like they re- they they realized it in the best. better than anybody else you know as far as like bringing back the psychedelic rock sound but doing it in a fresh new way where it it sounded it sounds so authentically from that era but it you know the way he evolves it especially on currents by the time you get to currents like it sounds completely uh unique you know yeah i've actually got another interview clip to play um so uh there's a, there's a clip where he kind of talks about uh, their sound. Uh, so play that one. Um, I love things that are kind of decided, that are kind of um, quite lo-fi. Lo-fi, you know, being um, what kind of 60s and 70s music sounded like because they're equipment. But these days, um, yeah, the idea of lo-fi is just, is just music that's kind of like the frequency bandwidth is like crustier. It's like, it sounds more like a boulder. And so it sounds more like a you know, a blob, an organism of sound rather than like this really kind of high fidelity thing. For me to make something sound really groovy, it's got to be like clustered together and like, so, you know, like I love things that are lo-fi and and using bad quality digital equipment gets you the same thing. A lot of the drum sounds that we use on the album um, uh, is is literally a a digital piece of equipment that's just like overloading. So there you go. Interesting, right? So, you know, I talked about like in his late teens, he discovered, you know, cream and Jefferson airplane. Um, and he, he, he loved the way that those recordings sounded. And so he's trying to, to recreate that, you know, but in the modern era, uh, and he talked about just, he loves the way that those more kind of gritty lo-fi, uh, uh, recordings sound, uh, because it has more, it, it, 
it sounds like he's saying that it has more like life to it, you know. And I I would agree with that. It doesn't sound uh, yeah super polished and, and like he said high fidelity. It sounds like it's it's got a lot of uh, you know fuzz to it, you know. Yeah, and let me just say just because you know we like to try to to reference other episodes and artists that we've covered. Um, I feel like Scott Hansen, you know, with his with his music under Tycho, I feel like he was able to to do that really well on the like electronic down tempo side of things. To you know, to to have this like nostalgic, uh, like yeah, lo-fi sound. Well, he talked about uh, that. Yeah, and yeah. like in purposely using outdated and old equipment, you know, and synthesizers. And even like going forward after like getting popular and and you know selling lots of records, just keeping a certain sound by purposely using outdated equipment, right? You know, like it, it's it's great. It, 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 there is something special about about that that sound, and it almost plays into what we talked about with hypnagogic pop. You know, yeah. I don't know if the same can be applied to the psychedelic sixties um, resurgence sound, but kind of, it kind of is the same thing where you're like this longing for like analog. I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast, but you remember I, I mentioned um, that I watched this documentary about typewriters. Yes. And now people are sort of, there's this, this segment of people that sort of are longing for more um, like a relationship with like mechanical things again, you know? And so these yep. typewriters are getting, um, uh, sort of a, a comeback in a way for, for people that just want to have something like physical um, instead of everything being on a computer hard drive somewhere, you know? Yeah, dude, I totally get it. And I don't want to sound, you know, like a fucking millennial, but like, because <laughs> we're like a pretty large age range, but I totally get it, man. And, and, and we're like the last generation, or at least our age group in this generation to remember how, you know, life before the internet, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a longing for for that analog, uh, you know, lifestyle before we were all interconnected. Yeah. And so it sounds like that's what Kevin Parker is trying to do with his music. Uh, if you're a guitar player, um, I think you'll you'll probably kind of pick up on, on sort of the effects that he uses. Um, but, you know, you, you can get that that sound quite a bit from just using, you know, like a phaser pedal and like a fuzz pedal uh, and delay and reverb and whatnot. But he talks about how he uses, um, how he, like, you know, everybody has a distortion pedal and a reverb pedal. Like those are basic guitar pedals that everyone has, right? But he, what he's saying is like, you know, a reverb is meant to, this is a quote from Kevin Parker. He says, a reverb is meant to make it sound like it's in a cathedral or something. Uh, you know, and a distortion pedal obviously adds more fuzz to it, right? He says, if you put it the other way around, so in other words, put the reverb first and then the distortion. So like the way that you chain your effects will will change the way it sounds, you know? If you plug your guitar into a reverb first and then into a distortion, it's going to sound differently than if you do it the other way around. He's saying right. if, you, if you do it the other way around, it won't sound like a guitar being played in a church. It'll sound like a church being stuffed inside a shoebox and then exploded. So he says you can That's do. Awesome. Yeah, he says you can do different things by treating things differently. 
So basically, you know, he uses the same kind of effect pedals that everybody else would use. He just experiments with them and and sort of, you know, change them, uh, chains them as in like a chain. That's what you do. You chain mm. effect pedals together. He chains them in a different way to get a, a slightly different sound, you know. And that's probably yeah. how he gets that lo-fi sound by just kind of doing stuff like this. So anyway, yeah, that's, that's really cool. Yeah, just just do something slightly different, you know. And it's and if, you know, it's just it's just Kevin Parker in his studio for hours yeah. on end, you know, doing experimenting and doing all of these things. Uh, so anyway, I think uh, that that track "Desire Be, Desire Go" also showcases the John Lennon thing uh, pretty perfectly. The way he sings, he's even harmonizing with himself at some point. Um, but yeah, no, let's let's talk about that just a little bit before we go into our next song, dude. Like what what we mean by the john lennon sound i mean i don't know if it's obvious but it's like that like john lennon has this like whispery voice you know like it's 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 kind of high-pitched and it's always just kind of it just has a quiet sound to it like think of like you know imagine or um yeah strawberry fields forever you know where it's just like I don't know, a breathy kind of vibe to it. I don't know how else to describe it. I have a quote about him talking about this in particular. So he says, The Beatles' way of singing vocal lines often crept into the recordings because they are so unique, whereas the elements we take from those other bands are usually common among a few other bands that we listen to. So I think what he's trying to say is like, you know, Part of what makes them unique, part of what makes him unique is is that he is mixing in uh, the Beatles' way of singing into the psychedelic rock sounds, you know. Because, you know, the Beatles weren't psychedelic yeah. for the most part. And I mean, they had a couple tracks here and there that, that sort of flirted with that. But, yeah, yeah, and that's why I like, I like to say that, you know, well, I guess saying that Tame Impala is what uh, John Lennon would be doing now is not even like... That means nothing, dude. It's, you know, yeah, like I don't a, know. If I'm just a pretentious, sure, sure. you know, music fan. But like, I guess you could say that you know, if John Lennon was was more onto the like psychedelic side of rock and roll, this would be his band. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those questions that what 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 I would do to know what 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 kind of music would the four dudes from the Beatles what would they be making if they came out to today? You know, and would they have had as much success? But the funny thing is, like, you can't you can't even have that conversation because music wouldn't be what it is today if it weren't for the Beatles. Yeah. So, dude, I feel like this is very timely because have you heard about the movie that just came out? Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I definitely want to go see it. Me neither. Yeah, because it, it, it poses that exact question. You know. Yeah, if the Beatles were never around. Yeah. So let's play our next track here. Um, this is called Alter Ego.
So that, dude, that is straight up John Lennon, man. Yeah, the way he sings, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, I wish we could... The, the music itself, though, like, yes, he sounds like John Lennon when he sings, right? But like, the music, like this, there's something just so like, like sweeping, you know, about this, this, uh, you know, it, it's like a minute long intro before he says anything, you know? Yeah. Like, he does a really great job. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say it, but... Oh, well, I mean, and that's in every album that he's released, man. Yeah. There's just so many instances of that and, and fucking lonerism and currents. God, there's just so many great songs that, that he's conjured up in his mind, man. Yeah, and, you know, he's definitely, from what I've read and, like, from the interviews and stuff, like, he is a perfectionist, which is the only way that, that, that it could work when you're, alone in a studio you know and and he even says that like when i'm alone in my studio like it's 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 just me and i can i can you know layer my voice you know hundreds of times if i wanted to or a guitar line like just you know layer it and layer it and layer it and then just make it perfect whereas as soon as i bring in somebody else to the studio like you know the idea starts to change a little bit and he says that in a negative way as in like he wants full control you know over these songs and like you can't argue with the results, right? Right. But he um, he talked about how he will not bring in a band uh, to to jam on a song and rehearse a song for a live performance until the song is fully written and fully recorded. So like he doesn't want any sort of outside influence on on the that song. That alone, you know? yeah. No, that alone says a lot about yeah. him. The obvious like artist that comes to mind is julian right julian casablanca and the strokes yeah um i mean you have to have a certain kind of personality type to be that way right yeah well you know it's even now go ahead i was gonna say it's even funny like one of the names of the tracks on this album is called solitude is bliss i mean Mm -hmm. i don't i I love that song uh, yeah my favorite no that's one of the that's one of the singles uh so we won't be playing it but I love that song, dude. Yeah, the lyrics in that, man. It's called Solitude uh, is Bliss. You know, the, it, it, he's talking. Yeah. He, you well, know, there's it, a number of basically, different things. Basically, that song is my idea of a party is just hanging out by myself. Yeah. My thoughts. I mean, man, as an introvert, I can certainly relate to that. To- totally, dude. I'm with you. Twin brother. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, we can make some assumptions here and, and Say that he's probably talking about his his. I mean, think about it. He's writing these songs in a studio by himself. I, I don't think the word "solitude is bliss" is going to be written down, unless he's referring to his own situation there. You know, there's a party in my head and no one is invited. <laughs> there you go. All right, so I've got one more song, and uh, this is a song that I think we should let play out. Um, okay, because it, it he does some really interesting stuff to it. And I think of all the tracks on Inner Speaker, this one sounds the most like his, uh, the sound that he, he had with the Dee Dee Dumbs. This one is called, uh, oh shit, what's it called? The Bold Arrow of Time? This song is called The Bold Arrow of Time. Thank you. 
I mean, if that doesn't sound like it was straight out of the late 60s, you know. Yeah, it man. sounds so much like Sunshine of Your Love, like parts of it are almost yeah. like straight up Sunshine of Your Love, you know? Yeah, totally. And just that and solo in the middle, just with the with the, with the wah and the, and the fuzz, man. Just and at the very killer. end, man, Murray, like it all cuts out and it, it's just his voice like, yeah. doing the, the line. Yeah. That's yeah, that's something something special about that one, dude. It's just that um that wall of sound, you know, yeah. like it, it's like every single instrument is just up against a wall, like as loud as it can be, you know. Yeah, exactly. So um, this is this is one of the the few tracks on the record that uh, feature Dom Simper on bass and Jay Watson on drums in the studio, like on the recording. Uh, so this was a, a band effort. Um, now I don't know if they were brought in after and like added their tracks to it later. Um, but, but, uh, also like desire be desire go, which I said was featured on his EP, which means it was, you know, written a couple of years earlier. Um, this song was also an earlier written song. It was, it, it didn't show up on any record prior to this. But that could be part of the reason that it has that cream sound because that was that was his sound when he was in the DD Dumps, you know. So this is kind of one of their earlier songs. Do you know if uh, if these guys, you know, the bass player and, and drummer, do you know if they toured with him or, or showed up in any of the other albums after this? Yeah, Jay Watson uh, provided the like piano tracks on a couple of songs on. Uh, on lonerism cool but i i don't know about his his brand new material because you know he's released a couple of uh of singles after currents yeah uh, this year actually um but like i said currents was was nothing but kevin parker uh for the entire record um but anyway you know these are the guys that 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 went on tour with them dom simper and jay watson and he had you know another bass player i think or another guitar player that went on tour with them but anyway, um, I think that's a good, good idea. It gives you a good idea of sort of like the, um, just all the parts to Tame Impala, you know? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is one of those examples of where, you know, the, the debut album is just like the, the perfect, um, like display of, of what, of what an artist can bring to the table and all they do is just build from that you know like even with currents there's there's moments in currents that go all the way back to inner speaker yeah yeah he definitely builds on like his sound and i think currents is sort of like he you know he's there's just something special about currents like i feel like we need to do an, an episode on that one um because he he achieved something on currents just like incredible you know dude i mean the that album tells a story you know? yeah like the the, yeah. the lyrics the the yeah, yeah. it's just it's it's like you know i don't know it's almost a concept album or something you know yeah absolutely yeah we should definitely cover that um cool so that that's it man that's it uh yeah it was great dude i'm glad we got to fucking cover this album yeah yeah uh I say, you know, we could play another another DD Dumb song for the outro. Um, I've got. Well, actually, dude, one. I already had I had 
a song. Oh, you got natural. All right, what'd you get? So I was. <laughs> I don't know if we're gonna cover lonerism as a full length episode. So I wanted to play a song from lonerism. My my one of my favorite Tame Impala songs. That's great, you know, because if we're gonna talk about currents down the line, this will give us a, a flavor of, of of lonerism, which is the album that came out after uh, Inner Speaker. Yeah, and a little in between, which in this this album came out a couple of years after Inner Speaker. So uh, yeah, that's it for for this week. And I don't, we don't have a sidetrack in mind for Tim and Paula, so we'll figure it out in the meantime. So uh, as always, we've got a website, and Travis, I know you like it when I fucking give you a nudge. It's beauty. Hop on our website. Dude, there's all sorts of bugs on that site. So, you know, every time you say that, it just makes me think of all the all the bugs I got to fix Listen, on that dude, site. No one knows that. No one knows that but you. Okay. Yeah. Until you click on one of the tags and it takes you to a blank page. This has been behind the scenes with Q&T. <laughs> Q&T. Our, our, uh, yeah, our outro segment where we talk about shit that no one needs to know about. <laughs> yeah, man, you know, whatever. You know what? You're always working on it to make it better. And God damn it, I hope people are hopping on our website, dude, because I know it's a labor of love because we don't need a flashy website, but we have one and it's a beauty. And I hope people are taking advantage of it because we have a lot of great information on our website and I'm going to plug it right now. Hop on our website, nofillerpodcast.com. We got show notes for every single episode, including the sidetracks, uh, where you can dive a little bit deeper into our show notes, basically. We'll link to every source that we pull information from. So, you know, if you want to know a little bit more about the album that we covered, you can find us. You can, <laughs> <laughs> you can find you can find so much more information on our website, including links to videos and um interviews and all that fun stuff and you can find us on soundcloud you can stream every single episode of ours on soundcloud uh it's soundcloud.com slash no filler podcast right or is it just no filler it's no filler podcast.com no 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 i'm talking about our soundcloud oh the soundcloud is also slash no filler no filler music podcast we don't know dude that's not i'm looking at it right now, at all dude. are you ser- no it's just no filler podcast bro oh you mean the url yeah yeah soundcloud.com slash no filler podcast same as the website no filler podcast.com and you can find us on twitter nope you can't because we don't do that shit oh yeah and- <laughs> that is the sound that every millennial is making because we're not on Twitter. Oh, I was, I was like, that was not me screaming. That was me. It was like a taunt, you know, like, day. <laughs> don't put that in there. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'll figure it out. Um, all right. So for our outro, we're going to, we're going to play us out with track eight on my favorite Tame Impala record, dude. Um, I wish that you felt the same way. Uh, we're going to play a song from, his 2012 release, Lonerism. This song is called Keep On Lion," and I'm just going to play a good chunk of it, dude. Uh, until then, <laughs> my name is Quentin. My name is Travis. We'll shout at you next week. 
With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 